0: Welcome, Bears fans, to another episode of Bears Scat. I'm Thomas. I'm Jim. And we're two jamokes that are here to draw things out, but be pointless about it, just (laughs) like the Bears. (laughs) And also so you don't have to. (laughs) And also so you don't have to. Never
1: uh, never a dull moment with the Bears. Um, I guess first off, follow us on Twitter, at Bears underscore Scat. Um, Appreciate everybody tuning in for another week, and the Bears just... Can't seem to find a positive headline.
0: What is it with them and
1: signing their own guys? Well, It's like when I woke up today and I was getting ready for work, I figured when we do the podcast we'd be talking about why all their players are injured. (laughs) But (laughs) on the way into work, the news broke that their best player has requested a trade from the organization because the Bears and Roquan Smith have been unable to come to terms on an extension, which we've been talking about for the past couple of weeks, and I think that both of us had thought that at some point they would work out a contract, and they very well might still do that. It's possible. Just because he requested a trade doesn't mean that he is going to be traded, but... He did go public today with that request that he wants to be traded, and there's been a whole lot of news swirling around throughout the day. So, Tom, I guess what are your initial reactions?
0: Well, you know, you mentioned we have talked about this on the last two uh, podcasts, and, uh, you know, we've had kind of our semi-tongue-in-cheek joke about, well, he'll be signed by next week. Yeah, right. Uh, But... um, you know, this is it's it's disappointing on both sides. Uh, for Roquan to approach it this way, um, it's clever. Uh, is it necessarily smart? I don't know. Um, for one thing, the first point I want to touch on is I one hundred percent am convinced. Okay, ninety nine percent convinced that this is a, a portion of this, and I believe a large portion, is because he's decided to be his own agent. I, I think that is a bad idea. We we've ta- You and I have talked about this. Um, I don't know of most celebrities, most sports people, they do not do this themselves. They hire a guy to do it. He's, that's all he does all day, every day. They make specific connections. They watch the market. They uh, are able to communicate in, in a manner that is a bridge between, uh, between management and between the player so that the player understands going in, hey, you definitely have earned this, and go to management and say, he's earned this. You know it. I know it. He needs to be paid that. And if you look at uh, some of the, if you look read between the lines, and you look at some of the things that Roquan is saying, and you look at some of the things that Poles is saying, there's some of that underneath there. I mean, there's there's definitely some you know information, some information just just it, it, uh, just with Smith saying, well, you know, um, you know there. They're not offering my, my value, and Paul's saying, uh, actually, we we offered some things that were over, that were record-setting. Well, so that's
1: interesting, and I heard an interview with Ian Rappaport, who is the one that broke this story and has clearly been in contact with Roquan Smith, and he gave a little bit more details there. So, he said that Roquan Smith is requesting to make more money than Shaquille Leonard, which... I think we hypothesized about earlier uh, in this saga, and I think we both agree that Roquan Smith has not been as productive as Leonard. Correct. Roquan Smith is a very, very good linebacker. He makes a ton of tackles, but he doesn't generate the takeaways that Leonard does. Roquan, in his time with the Bears, I think has five interceptions and two or three forced fumbles, Leonard has double digits in both of those, yep. and they were both drafted in the same year, so they've been in the league the same amount of time. So as, in terms of takeaways, which are the most important thing on the defensive side of the ball, Leonard is clearly far superior. Now, does that mean that Roquan Smith isn't going to get paid more or around what, he, what Leonard makes? Maybe, we'll see. But what Rappaport said is the Bears put together a contract that would have made him a higher-paid line. It would have made him the highest-paid linebacker in the NFL on paper, but a lot of that value was in the last year of the contract Mm -hmm. and wasn't fully guaranteed. So on paper, yes, he's technically the highest-paid, but in reality, the amount that he was likely to make from the contract would be far less than Leonard. So we don't know if that was the Bears trying to slip one by him because he is representing himself or if the Bears had just correctly said that he isn't as productive as Leonard, so they didn't want to guarantee him as much money. We don't have all those details, but it sounds like at least the demand is that he wants to be the highest paid linebacker, and it's interesting to me because he's obviously not been as productive, but also the way these contract negotiations typically work is that the next guy up generally becomes the highest paid, yeah. so... Leonard got his extension with the Colts last year. It's Roquan's turn. The salary cap keeps going up. That's what he's asking for. The Bears obviously don't think that that is a reasonable offer. And like you said, it just seems like the two sides haven't been able to really bridge that gap. And I'm sure not having an agent doesn't help.
0: Yeah. And, you know, one of the things that we did address, though, I mean, specifically, was. Neither one of us feel like he is the best linebacker in the NFL. I don't think anybody thinks that. No, no one does. I mean, uh, he's you up know, there. But. We we both agree he is a very good player, maybe great player, but is he elite at his position? I don't know. I mean, I'd have to really dig on the numbers and compare him with some of his. Uh, some of his peers, and some of his peers are Tremaine Edmonds, who was from that draft, you know, Shaquille Leonard, Darius Leonard, uh, who was from that draft, and who won, who was the second-round pick, who won Rookie of the Year under Eberflus, right? So, you know, there is, I mean, he was picked almost 30, I think he was picked uh almost 30 picks later 28 picks later yeah Le- uh,
1: Leonard's numbers are just insane in 4 years 11 interceptions 17 forced fumbles
0: right so so you know it, while you know Leonard or, or or while Roquan Smith is certainly in the conversation as one of the best linebackers in the NFL certainly top 10 right he's not number 1 yes. he's not even i, I mean I, I don't think most people would even put him in the top 3
1: Probably not. I can think of a couple, like you said. Ed, Ed, uh, Tremaine Edwards is really good. Fred Warner is really good. Levante David, Devin, Devin White. White. So there's a lot of players that are really, really good NFL linebackers. And Roquan Smith is definitely among them. Is he the best? I think clearly no. No. But what you said about Iberflus is interesting because. Leonard credits a lot of what he's become as a player to Eberflus. He does. So that's what I was thinking about as this story was unfolding throughout the day. Is I, I think a lot of this can probably be solved by a couple of questions. Number one, does Matt Eberflus think that he could develop Roquan Smith into the type of player that Darius Leonard has, becomes, has become? Because Roquan Smith, like you said, was taken 30 picks ahead of Leonard. Theoretically, that means he should have more talent and should be able to produce the same type of results that uh, Leonard has. And if Iberflus doesn't think he can develop him into that type of player, why is that? Is that something related to his skills? Is it something related to his character or his desire? What is the answer to those questions? And if Iberflus doesn't think that Roquan Smith can still develop into that type of talent where he's producing just those insane takeaway numbers. Why not? And then does that make the Bears justified in not making him that highest paid linebacker? I think the answer to that is probably yes.
0: And and so in that same vein, in that same question is you're looking at it and, you know, he's making this transition, right? While we might look at it and say, "Oh, well, you know, he's going from uh, inside linebacker uh, to you know to weak side. That's not that big of a that's not that big of a deal." Well, it actually kind of is. I mean, st- certainly the skill sets of Brian Urlacher and Lance Briggs were very different, right? right? And so, uh, you know, as Bears fans, we should recognize that before a lot of people do. Um, so. Uh, that's, you know, that's one part of it, right? They are, uh, I, I felt like Poles, you know, he, in his little uh, speech that he gave, I felt a little bit of him saying, you know, we're kind of hedging our bets. Because they are hedging their bets, right? I mean, uh, to make him the highest paid linebacker in the NFL when they don't even know how he's going to perform in the position that they're putting him in, not to mention his history reflects a very good to great player, but not the best, not the most elite player at his position. Right. How is it that you go and sit down and say, I'm the very best, you need to pay me the the top money because the people in front and behind me have gotten the top money. That's not the way it works. It feels like it should be a very easy difference to
1: reconcile because... You can explain the numbers to Roquan Smith. I'll say this. If Roquan Smith's truly representing himself, then he is very, very, very good at this. This was a really, really, I think as you put it, clever move. Today, the news dropped on the Bears' uh, annual family day. So he coordinated this announcement with the biggest day of the Bears' uh, preseason, at least from a fan standpoint. Mm -hmm. The statement that he put out was incredibly well-written and hit at a lot of It was well-written. Well-written. I mean, he, talk, <laughs> he, he talked about how much he loves playing as a Bear. He talks about how much he loves the city. He talks about uh, what it means to him to wear the same jersey as Erlacher and Bill George and buttkiss and all the famous linebackers. He <laughs> indirectly... He, he basically asks the mccaskies to step in yeah. and to say hey this guy that you hired isn't negotiating me with me in good faith can you step in and reconcile it but, so very very well written statement just did a great job of putting all of the blame for this on ryan poles whether or not that's true or not it's, De- it's definitely playing
0: def- definitely playing a little bit of, of fan heartstrings there yeah, absolutely
1: too. And also, just when you look at some of what Rappaport was tweeting out, where Rappaport was saying that some of the things that the Bears are asking him to do aren't in any other of the top 50 annual grossing contracts in the NFL. Like, if Roquan Smith has put all of that together himself, then he's clearly very good at this. I'm not convinced that he's acting entirely... Uh, on his own it's possible he's getting representation from the players union or some other firm and they're not technically his agent but regardless if he truly is as well informed and as bright as this negotiation tactic would suggest then he seems like somebody you should be able to negotiate with and say this is what you're asking this is what we're proposing here's why we feel we're apart statistically and analytically and yes beca- because all of this is on tape all all of this is recorded they the NFL is able to track players skills and ability just down to a shockingly granular level so <laughs> this this is all, all things that they should be able to negotiate so what is it that's kept these two so far apart like is are the Bears being unreasonable? Is Roquan being unreasonable? And if neither side are, as both sides are claiming, then why is this not getting done? It doesn't make a lot of sense to me.
0: Yeah, so, you know, um, and and, and that's, a, that's a great point. And I'm sure that some of that is, at least some of that is true, right? That um, he is bright. He is astute. He did put together a good plan. I'm sure that some of that is in there. But... Uh, as was pointed out many times during the day today, uh, this is the same player that we had problems with before. Right from the get go, when he was a rookie, you know there was language in the contract that he didn't like, and he was and he was stomping his feet a little bit, throwing a little bit of a tantrum. You know, hey, I don't want to do this. This isn't right. Um, and you know, the Bears bent and said, okay, you know, we'll. We'll we'll take that out. Let's let's get this done. But in in that case, I think Roquan had to uh, come off of some of his
1: position too. I think they met in the middle there. And I, I remember specifically hearing that Pace at the time thought that some of the things that he was asking for were completely
0: unreasonable. Yeah, and so well, and I mean, I I, I don't. It, it doesn't matter whether you're looking at it from pole side or whether you're looking at it from Roquan side there's definitely some of that i'm sure to share right the unreasonable factor right cuz one guy is saying you're unreasonable and the other guy is saying you're unreasonable well there's probably a uh, there's probably a little bit of overblown on both sides yeah there's some blame on both sides right sure. so you know now the the thing is is that Poles strikes me his character strikes me as a reasonable person his, his his, uh, so far, his persona to the public, which is important, coming from Captain Cardboard Cutout, yeah. right, he seems a lot warmer, a lot a lot more genuine, a lot more forthcoming, and he demonstrated that again today. Yeah, he got down there and addressed it head on. It, Pace would have never done that. No, Pace right? would have thrown his coach out there. And- yeah, so... I mean so you know that that is part of it um I do think that Roquan is is showing a little bit of um uh, not a little he's showing a lot of hardball right here yes um there to me this was an extreme step uh and I think that you know still he he could have gone behind closed doors I mean let's let's not forget this isn't, this isn't the franchise tag that he's playing on. He's playing on the fifth-year option, and the fifth-year option ex- exists for this exact reason, right? So, um, you know, the team has already made a commitment to him. You don't get to wait to the last minute to make this commitment. Right. You have to make it a year in advance, right? right?
1: And it's not small. It's about $10 million that yeah. he's going to make this year. Yeah,
0: so, and, you know, next year, he's certainly in line for an even bigger deal. Yeah. The, the the hope is actually, though, with the fifth year option, that the team recognizes the value, says, hey, a year in advance, we say, hey, you know, we really believe you're the guy. We really believe you're a piece. We want to keep you here. Right. And then that next year, they work on getting a deal worked out. If it doesn't, then they have the franchise tag even further the next year. Which right? the players hate. Which the players hate. At, you know, and we get that. At the same time, though, we still have to look at the at the situation with Robinson because I mean while Robinson wasn't uh happy with the way things turned out, he did play the franchise tag and he played uh, for eighteen million dollars under the franchise tag did he did he really play <laughs> he was running around but. <laughs> so uh, my my only the point here is is just that while we do get The heartstrings that he was playing there. This is a job. It's entertainment. This is what he's paid to do, right? So he does have a certain level of responsibility here to the team. And the team has also shown a certain, has already paid into that level of responsibility, right? This isn't a contract negotiation because he's already under contract. But he
1: doesn't have to play. And I want to say one more thing about Poles, too. Like, Poles was a player. Like, yeah he wasn't a very good player, but he knows what it's like to have to negotiate contracts and he was at least in the locker room with star players that were going through contract negotiations. So he understands at least to some degree the perspective of the player more so than someone like Ryan Pace, who has been an executive his whole career. So I, I, I don't I would find it hard to believe that he's coming into these negotiations looking to play complete hardball and pinch every penny, like, any more so than you have to do. Like, obviously, as the general manager of the team, you have to draw the line somewhere. But I don't get the sense that it's necessarily lost on him that Roquan Smith has earned a second contract. Like, I I think that he... if, If you believe what he's saying, I think he respects Roquan. I think he wants him to be a bear. I just don't think he's willing to... Give him what he sees as an unreasonable contract. So, agree. You know, I and and I understand that. I don't want them to give Roquan Smith ten million dollars a year over what he's worth. But I also see the side of it where Roquan Smith is still young. He is the best player on the defense. He's got a lot of respect in the locker room, and he's somebody that, as you're looking to build this next new culture of Bears football could be a part of that and could be a leader on the defense and could be the centerpiece and to me that might be worth paying a little bit extra for even if it means you know the even if it means the cap hits a little bit higher than it necessarily should be like the Bears can afford to do that right now the Bears have cap room this year next year they have a ton of cap room as long as you're not going exorbitantly high I I don't necessarily think you have to pinch every penny but we're not involved in the discussions. We don't know exactly what all the sticking points are besides obviously the money, but it, 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 I guess it, to put it this way, and this was a question I saw, and I'd be curious your thoughts on this. Would you rather them give him a contract around what Leonard is making, or would you rather them trade him for say a second round pick? Cause I've seen people saying that they would get a first. I don't think they would get a first for Roquan Smith. Maybe I'm wrong on that, but I think, at most, you're getting a second round pick for a linebacker.
0: So That's first not a pass rusher. So first, um, I, I would rather him play. I would rather him be with the Bears. I, I want him to stay in Chicago. They've, you know, this is what Chicago needs. You recognize a talent, you draft that talent, you develop that talent, you sign him to a second deal. That's the pattern that it's been for the last 40 years, and that's the one that works. Mm-hmm. And Polls has told us point blank that that's exactly what he wants to do. And I believe him far more than I ever believed Pace saying that. Because Pace never really held up that end of the deal. His, his, every single year, Pace just opened up the wallet, the Bears wallet, and spent like crazy he spent more money than any other GM I can think of. Certainly the last four years. Yeah. So, But at the same time, polls is uh, knows that he is also trying to set a precedent here. No. Is Roquan worth being the highest paid linebacker in the NFL? No. The question, that is the point blank answer of it. Now, can they set it up so that he could be the most, the highest paid linebacker in the NFL? Yes. And to me, that's the way this is coming across. Is that Roquan Smith wants to be guaranteed to be the number one highest paid linebacker. And Polls is saying, if you do this deal and you perform at these levels, then you will be the highest paid linebacker. And I, I think that's really where the gap is. Yeah. And um, if you think about it, that really makes the most sense, right? Uh, you know, if, if you have clever guy number one and clever guy number two both coming together, that's, that's what you get, right? But at the same time, you did touch, touch on Poles being a player, right? Poles was an undrafted free agent, yep. which meant that he was going to practice every day wondering whether he was going to be cut. He wasn't the number 8 overall pick in the draft. Right. He didn't get a big fat chunk of money just coming into the NFL, right? So, yeah, I don't it, think he ever made an NFL team, did he? I don't think so, no. Okay. You know, and, and and you know, I don't think he ever made a, I don't think he ever made the roster. Maybe he made the Bears roster for a short bit, right? But I mean, so so as far as recognizing, you know, what you got, I think Poles has a pretty good picture of that, you know. Um, certainly a lot different picture of it than Pace did. Now, what we want to see as fans, I think most fans want to see him stay. But at the same time, if it's going to be, if he's going to play the hard line on it, I know that Polls at, at some point is going to have to say, fine, go then. Because yeah. because the thing is, is that I do believe to me, and I think to you, number one is the most important player on the team yeah. i don't care what anybody else says. I don't care right and, and and that's that's what really this is about. I saw some interesting talk about that today that i hadn't really keyed on before you know one uh, one of the pieces I saw was talking about that you know if if uh if fields turns out. You could be looking at a $35 million a a year guy, Mm -hmm. right? I think that Fields genuinely could be that guy. I think he is really good. And I think he's going to prove a lot of people wrong this year. Even with all the problems with the team, right? But you can't go and pay a, a linebacker $10 million over what he is worth and then have to deal with a quarterback who's a top ten quarterback, and go, yeah, well, you know, we, you know, we got to shorten the stick here. Yeah. He Fields looks to me like the kind of guy that could be like, well, Fields' deal is coming up, and he's going to want to be the top paid guy in the NFL, and well, we kind of have to do that because he's the best quarterback that the Chicago Bears have ever had in their history.
1: If they think that that's where it's going, then that's great. I certainly hope that that's right. Uh, A couple things with that. Number one, if they do end up having to give Justin Fields a huge extension, obviously that's best case scenario. That means they have the franchise quarterback and you figure everything else out from there. But that payday wouldn't start until, I believe, four years from now. So they would have some time. If they gave Smith a big contract now then they would have at least two more years of fields on his rookie deal. They would negotiate a big extension after year three, and it would take effect after year four. I think it's generally how it works. I might be wrong on that last year, but the point stands. They, they would have some time to figure that out, and we know the, the NFL salary cap is all fun money anyway. If the LA Rams can continue to keep giving out huge contracts to these star players, yeah. then you can figure that out. But, um you also talked about something I want to circle back to, and that's the idea of precedent, right? Because mm-hmm. Roquan Smith doing this today, another reason why it was a savvy move, it, it puts Ryan Poles in a bad spot because either he has to give Smith the contract that he's looking for, and now that sets the playbook for future negotiations where players can just say, well, we're just going to go public with this, and we're going to request the trade, and then you're going to have to come back to the table and give us what we want, so that's not a great option. The other option is you play hardball and you have to trade him for a draft pick, or you lose him for nothing if he sits out the year. I don't know if Smith would sit out the year, because then he would lose his $10 million, but that is certainly on the table, it would seem. So he's not really set himself up in a great position here, and I would like to go back to what we talked about a couple of weeks ago, which is when did these negotiations start? Like, to me, this should have been one of the priorities of the offseason. So right. if they didn't start actually negotiating until camp, then that's... Uh, I don't I don't buy that for I, a minute. I don't think so either, but it is something that I would have liked to have been more of a... Like, like, I wish they were having this discussion in OTAs, and then you have more time to think about it. But, you know, the preseason starts this weekend, so... It's not yeah, like but
0: you know what just just uh, I hate to cut in, but I wanted to just jump back to what you were saying about how key the timing is of what he's doing right now.
1: Oh with family debt Yeah yeah for sure. I mean as
0: opposed to you just mentioned OTAs
1: yeah like that was a big part of Smith's decision right yeah but if you had started having these discussions in OTAs, it would have been a lot harder for him to drag it out until now before he was going to publicly request a trade. Agreed. So, I don't know. I mean, we like, to your point, we don't know when these talks have started. We don't know what the timeline has been. But the other thing that's a little bit interesting here is I don't really know that either side has a ton of leverage here because say Roquan just says, all right, I'm not showing up for week one. Like, the Bears already kind of know they're probably going to be terrible. Mm-hmm. So if they're missing a linebacker, it probably doesn't make that much of a difference for this year because they're already tr- treating this year as a rebuilding year. Right. And if if you're Roquan Smith, you could kind of look at that from the other side and say, well, why do I want to show up and make 150 tackles for a bad team and then that's 150 fewer tackles I can make on my second contract and then maybe it shortens my career for a year when I could in the future be playing for a winning team. Now, The other part of that is Roquan, if he doesn't show up, loses the $9.7 million, which is obviously a lot of money. But I don't really know that either side views week one as like a firm deadline here. I'd be interested to know what the Bears are really saying behind closed doors about that, because if they're already kind of writing this season off and they're really just focusing on the development of the quarterback, they might let this drag out into the season as opposed to trade him, the more I kind of think it through.
0: Yeah, and... You know, that's um, going more towards uh, what I would say is worst-case scenario, right? Worst-case scenario, uh, this uh, gets even more bitter. Uh, you know, the sides move even farther apart. Uh, it, it does, like you say, uh, it drags into the regular season. Um, you know, it, uh, we, we see a repeat of Allen Robinson, who... It, technically was available to play, but then he was having mysterious injuries. But then when he was on the field, nobody knew that he was on the field because he was invisible anyway. Yeah. You know, so we, we, I'm hoping that it doesn't go to that. You know, I mean, it, to me, uh, if, if, if he doesn't want to play in Chicago uh, for the deal that um, for a deal, that's reasonable, then he, then, you know, He's a resource get some resources back out of him. Mm-hmm. I do think that he is worth a first-round pick. Really? Um, yeah, I do. Uh, I think that um, uh, when you look at the fact that uh, he is um, arguably, uh, he's definitely a top-ten linebacker. Uh, yeah. at um, And, you know, they obviously believe, Iberflus obviously trusts in his ability to be flexible and play at weak side or play in the middle. Right. Or playing a 3-4. Uh, or playing a 3-4, right. Uh, he's, already shown, he's, he's already shown that, right? So um, he is flexible. Uh, he does have good speed. Um, he, he has shown. He is a top 10 linebacker. I don't think anybody's challenging that, right? It's just that he wants to be paid as number one. And I don't think you'd find 10 guys out there who would say, you know, he's number one. They just did the preseason
1: rankings of the top players at each position, and like you said, he was in the top ten for linebacker.
0: But he yeah. wasn't—he
1: wasn't one or two. I think he was like seven or eight.
0: Yeah, and and you know, if you look at his—if you go look at the hard numbers, that's where he is, mm-hmm. right? So, um, but at the same time, you know, the the team is in a rebuilding mode. Uh, you know, polls has already shown that. He's If he moves on from people from the previous regime, it's not going to bother him. It doesn't bother any GM.. Right. Pace got rid of some of the most popular players in Bears history. <laughs> not just guys that were, you know, players. I mean, he dumped Robbie Gold, and Robbie Gold is still playing, you know, so um, you know <laughs> he, so I'm just saying you know, while it would suck. I think most Bears fans would say that. It will suck if he gets traded and he leaves. We need him on the team. He's a good player and he and he's like you said, there's a ton there's a list of positives about the guy, a long list. But at the same time, when it comes right down to it, it is a business, and if he's not gonna fit in the business, it's just like any other corporation. You don't want to be vice president here fine, um, you know, we're offering you a, a vice presidential position, but we're not going to make you president. So, you know, if you, you have to make the, your own determination whether that deal is good enough for you or whether you need to work for another corporation.
1: Well, especially with it being a linebacker in the NFL in 2022. Like, it's awesome to have a really good linebacker, but there's other positions that are more important.
0: A lot on this team. Like-
1: Pretty much every position on offense (laughs) is more important. Uh, In this defense, three technique is more important. In this defense, nickel corner is more important. And you need somebody to get after the quarterback, too, on on the end. So a will linebacker, which is where I think most people see Roquan Smith playing in this defense, is a really important position. We saw it for years with Briggs. The defense didn't work without Lance Briggs, if, if you remember some of those lovey defenses. But... Also, just defense is less important now in the NFL than it was when Lovey was the coach. That was kind of the period in NFL history where things really, really just started to turn towards the offense, and they've kept going in that direction ever since. So the Bears may just look at it and say, this isn't a worthwhile investment for us to be giving $25 million guaranteed to a a, a Will linebacker when we don't think the defense is going to be good anyway, and the team's going to be terrible for the next year, if not the next couple of years so. It's all part of the negotiation. I think that everybody would like Roquan Smith to be here. I think that the Bears are not willing to give him anything exorbitant, which I think is kind of understandable. I, yes. just, I just wish it had played out before now.
0: And, and to stream right off of that, right, let's not forget Ryan Poles has a boss. Okay? (laughs) He has a boss. (laughs) And so, you know, this is this is one thing that has stuck in the back of my head and will continue to, and that is the Bears before Ryan Pace were never big spenders. They were always in the bottom five guys of contracts. Always. And and the thing is is that I just see that even though George isn't out there, right? And Ted Phillips isn't out there, to think that they don't have anything to say about what this about what is happening, especially after polls just got this, you know, huge money mess under control, is crazy to me. There is no way that a president of the corporation, when it comes to spending something, spending this amount of money. After just getting rid of that entire mess, has nothing to say about it. I just don't buy it.
1: Yeah, I, I, I'd be surprised if the McCaskies... because you 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 mean you think that the McCaskies are basically telling polls not to spend this amount?
0: I, I'm I'm just saying to to me it's naive to think that they don't have anything to say about it. How much you know? How much power polls has to say to the McCaskies? Hey. This is this is my domain. You guys stick your, your you know, keep your nose out of it. We don't know that. Nobody knows that. The only people that know that are Ted Phillips. George McCaskey and and polls—they're they're the only people that know that. I think if you look at the amount of terrible
1: contracts the Bears have given out over the last ten years, yeah, I, I don't, I don't, I, I'd be hard, I'd be surprised if the McCaskies were weighing in on this in any sort of significant way, and unless they're listening to Roquan Smith and they're going into Ryan Poles' office and saying, "Get this done," I don't think they're going to do that either. I think I don't think they're
0: doing that. I, I'm just saying what what my point is is that. If in the president of any corporation, if he's going to make a huge acquisition, he even if it's one of the even if it's his right hand man, he's the CEO and the guy's his president, he's still usually going to weigh in. That doesn't that doesn't necessarily mean he's making the decision for him. I'm not implying that. I'm just saying for them to not weigh in, I, I just the way the McCaskies their past history. I just don't see it not being at least a little bit of a factor.
1: Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I think, when did George take over? 2010? Yeah, around there. And so I, 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 I don't remember enough about the time before him, but it has seemed to me since George has been in his position that the Bears executives have been given pretty much free reign to negotiate whatever contracts they
0: want. I know, but how did that work out? Bad. But, like, <laughs> you know, that's my point. But is that, you know, that was under pace, right? And Angelo. And, well, see, Angelo, if, and you, if you go back and look, Angelo, Angelo's regime was was mostly cheap. It was mostly cheap. Except at the end, though, when they signed Peppers and Manu
1: Maliuna and Chester Taylor... That and, was right at the end, and you got to remember Emery, too. I mean, he gave Cutler that huge extension, yeah so i I, I think that this is Paul's show I, I think that we're going to see how it plays out. I would be surprised to learn that McCaskey had any significant part in the negotiations here, whether or not the and that con- could be whether or not the contract gets done,
0: but um it, at the same time then, the flip side, why is you know why is Roquan actually calling out the McCaskies in that? That was, I thought that was actually his one piece of the paper that he wrote. That was kind of in bad taste because that's a little bit of like going over your boss's. Well, head. If I were polls, I would have been very
1: angry at that. Yeah, basically going out in the public and saying, "Hey, I can't negotiate with this guy. I need to go to the owner of the team to basically to." T- to basically just tell Ryan Poles that you're powerless here. I'm going to your boss because I don't think you're making the right decision. In public. Yeah, I don't think any... And we're
0: talking about, you know, this isn't like a regular corporation where all that stuff is in-house. Yeah, We're talking about literally tens of thousands of people are reading this.
1: Yeah, so that part of it, it it'll be interesting to see if that has any impact on the negotiations, whether or not it... Moves the bears further apart. I, I could say if, if I was if I were Ryan Poles, which I'm obviously not, I would not have appre- <laughs> I I would not have appreciated that at all. Yeah, and I'm sure he didn't appreciate it at all. He didn't see, he he said today that he his view on Roquan as a person hasn't changed or as a player hasn't changed, but behind closed doors he might be singing a, a different tune when it comes to stuff like that. And I'm sure that George and Ryan Poles will have a discussion. You know, if George is awake, I don't know if he ever is. But it'll be interesting to see if that impacts the negotiations at all. And if it turns out the McCaskies do get involved, I'm sure they won't admit it. But, um, you know, there's always – there's a million reporters around Hallis Hall. So if if, if they do start playing a role in these negotiations and the contract does get done, I'm sure we'll find out. If you had to bet on it now, I I think – at the start of preseason, when we started talking about this, you and I both were of the opinion that this contract would get done and Roquan would yes. be out there week one. Has that changed
0: for you? Yeah. Um, I, I would say I, would, I think I would go 50-50. Yeah. Um, I, 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 don't, I don't think I would go lower than that because I do I, – I still believe that polls is going to try and make this happen. I think that Poles wants him to stay. But, like, you know, we were we were touching on it. Somebody is going to have to bend on some of the unreasonable stuff, right? Quote, unquote, the unreasonable stuff. Yeah. And, you know, we don't know how much of this is, um, you know, Roquan Smith being a hardhead either, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, at the same time, he could just be like, you know, this... He, he, He specifically points out polls for having a, you know, a strong-arm regime, you know, here's my deal, take it or leave it. Well, just inherently, you must be doing some of that yourself. Well,
1: that's actually what Rappaport said, too, and obviously Ian Rappaport is getting a lot of this from Roquan Smith, Yeah, but he pointed out that it took the Bears a long time to get their draft pick signed. And he said that just the way this Bears front office is negotiating contracts has made things difficult. So who knows if there's anything to that? Obviously, that's one person's opinion that's getting filtered up through the media. But, you know, maybe where there is a little bit of smoke, there's fire. Because it did take them forever to get both Kyler Gordon and Jaquan Brisker signed. So, I don't know. I mean, it'll be interesting to watch as this regime gets more and more reps at these contract negotiations I'll say this. I mean, so far, there hasn't been a lot of positive storylines on that front. Yeah. Which, by the way, apparently Larry Ogunjobi is looking really good in Steelers camp. (laughs) So that'll be fun to watch as the season unfolds. But, yeah, I I think going back to the original question, I think 50-50 is about right. I mean, I don't think that polls... If you believe both sides, both of them say they want the contract to get done. Roquan says he wants to be a Bear. Paul says he wants to re-sign him. So if that is true, then there should still be an opportunity to get this done. So we're going to have to watch how it plays out, I guess.
0: Well, and, you know, um, <clears throat> we don't know a lot about uh, polls about how he uh, you know, works contracts, about how he negotiates with players. Maybe he is a hard edge. Maybe he is like, you know what, Um, this is the way it's going to go. I don't know how that plays out for his career. We'll have to see. But, um, you know, we were just saying, we just came off the guy who gave out the huge deals, and that was a total disaster. So... um, (laughs) <laughs> you know, maybe there's a maybe there's a happy medium So well, And it right might
1: there. change going forward. At some point, it will be time for Ryan Poles to go all in and try to win a Super Bowl. And maybe at that point is when he decides that he overpays for some guys. But maybe right now he's just thinking, look, we're rebuilding. We're probably going to win five, six games this year. I'm not going to go over what I'm comfortable with for a linebacker. And if that's what he thinks, I mean it obviously will make this team even worse if <laughs> Roquan Smith isn't <laughs> out there playing. But, right. you know, maybe if he, he's already decided that they're just not going to be good this year anyway because he inherited such a mess, then he's the guy in charge.
0: Well, and, you know, um, uh, along those lines is if... Okay, so let's look at it from uh, the the perspective that... Uh, okay, so he won't cave... Uh, you know, it comes to a head. He decides to trade Roquan. Um, you know, I was saying that I, I do see... I, I could see us getting a first-round pick uh, for Roquan. Maybe. Um, but I certainly wouldn't go below a second-round pick. Um, I mean, it'll be a late first-round pick if they get one
1: because it'll it, probably be from a good team. There.
0: Yeah. So, you know, if, if, it, if it does go to that, that's another place where... Uh Poles is doing himself a bit of a disservice because he's putting himself under the microscope even more. Mm-hmm. Okay, so Poles decides to get rid of him. What does he get for him? You know, that will be scrutinized for years, right? So it, it makes the most sense for Poles to keep him. And, you know, at the same time, I'm hoping that, um I have no indication either way, I'm hoping that uh, Roquan says, you know, okay, I think now that, you know, we, we've, we, we're able to come back together and, and look at this and, and both make some sacrifices.
1: Let's hope. Um, it's going to be uh, another thing to monitor, and we've talked probably enough about this topic. There's other negative storylines out of trade camp too that we should boy. They, I'll
0: tell you though, um, it, it certainly has been a rough start, right? I mean, we, we've got injuries, uh, we got that mess, we've uh, we you know, of course, it started off gangbusters right from the beginning because you know we got rid of Khalil Mack and we had that whole that that whole thing. So uh, we've had rest, yeah. <laughs> like and now now. All, all
1: three offensive players that the Bears brought in that I think anybody was excited to see are now hurt. <laughs> they're all so hurt. Lucas yes. Patrick has a broken thumb. Uh, Byron Pringle has a quad injury, and Nikhil Harry has a high ankle sprain. Yep. Now it sounds like that at least with Patrick and with Pringle, there's some optimism that they won't miss regular season time. But it sounds like they're at least out through the rest of camp. Harry will see what happens with his high ankle sprain. That's an injury that just can linger if it doesn't heal properly, and that's the kind of thing that can just derail a guy's season. And that would be a real shame for him because he was looking for a fresh start. And I was interested to see if he could kind of remake his career now that he's in a new spot with the Bears and, you know, potentially realize some of that first round talent. So hope the best for him and that he's able to get out on the field this year still and play at somewhere close to a hundred percent. But those are just three guys that are injured. The bears injury reports, <laughs> like their practice on Saturday, they were missing like 20 guys. So. It was,
0: it was like a, it was like a paragraph out of a novel.
1: Yeah. It was basically basically like pick, a player's name out of a hat that's on the roster. <laughs> Chances are he hasn't been practicing. <laughs> so I heard some interesting parallels to the start of Lovey's tenure because I was I was listening to the score, and they have a lot of people on that covered Lovey. Yeah, And when Lovey got hired as the Bears coach, his first training camp was similar to what Iberflus is doing, which is we're going to run these guys, we're going to get them into shape, we're going to run a really hard training camp, and with that are likely to be more injuries because you know how it goes. Like everybody had a coach at some point in their athletic career that was like, all right, we're really going to condition. We're going to run you guys. We're going to get you guys into better shape. And some players are like, eh, you know, whatever, like I'm in shape. It's fine. And then you actually get out there and you're doing it and you're like, Oh man, this is harder, <laughs> harder than I thought. So it, it might just be a case where these players are adjusting to a really, really fast paced training camp. I mean, by all accounts from the reporters, Iberflus is running these guys hard. So it might just be that there's some guys that are sore and they're being cautious because it's the start of camp and they just don't want minor injuries to become major ones. But, and linger. Yeah, but certainly uh, a little alarming to see just the amount of players that have been missing practices
0: so far. Absolutely. But, they're, they're, okay, so flip side, there is some positive stories coming out. Uh, for, for one thing, um, you know, talking about fields. Uh, Fields, by all accounts, is looking like the kind of quarterback that could be a superstar in this league, right? Um, uh, Darnell Mooney has been, I guess, making some brilliant catches. That's looked good, apparently. One uh, really nice storyline is, I guess, Braxton Jones is really looking like a left tackle. So um you know he he's fought off you know a, a a couple of different guys uh for that spot and um you know that will be if if the bears could have a starting left tackle and a starting quarterback of high caliber play under the rookie deal that's a good start that's a really really good start so um you know that's uh, th- that's um uh, you know, those those are two really good storylines, right? So. I, mean, so I was listening to Tom Thayer,
1: and he had a lot of praise for all of the rookie offensive linemen, including Braxton Jones and uh, somebody that would know what he's talking about when it comes to offensive linemen. So Definitely. It might be that the Bears found a couple of nice players later in the draft. Obviously, that can all change. We could go out and they could all play in the preseason and they could be horrible. right? But... You know, at least so far, the only thing we have to go off of is training camp, and it sounds like at least some of these young players are showing some well. That
0: sights. and that, and uh, you know that the guy that took them knows a thing or two about being an offensive lineman. Absolutely. So, you
1: know it, that, and you know I might as well talk about the fact that by the time we record next, the Bears will have played at least one preseason game. And normally, like normally, I hate the preseason. Because typically, like, the roster is, like, 90% set, right? Like, right. Like, you've got 50 roster spots. Like, you pretty much know who, like, 45 of them are going to be. There's, like, eight or nine guys that are competing for the last couple spots. And then you've got, like, 40 guys out there running around that have absolutely no chance to make the team. <laughs> <laughs> like, perfect example was that uh, receiver last year, uh, Rodney Adams. Was yeah. Like, all throughout camp, everybody like, Rodney Adams, Rodney Adams, Rodney Adams. This he, he had it.
0: He had a great preseason, yeah, like This too. guy looks
1: great. This guy, you know, the Bears don't have a ton of depth at receiver. Rodney Adams could really make some noise, and then he gets in the preseason, and he's great, and then you get to the cut-down day, and he's cut.
0: So, like, yeah. Actually, you know, no, you know what? Didn't he actually... I think he actually made the roster, and then they cut him. Congratulations to him.
1: So, <laughs> I, I think he actually did end up playing a couple games, like, towards the end when the Bears were, like, ravaged with COVID, but... Like any anyway, the point stands though, like that's not necessarily the case here. Like with as bad as the Bears roster is, yeah. Like pretty much everybody that's going to be running around in this preseason game, I think, probably has at least some shot to make the team. Like, there's gonna be randos that make this team, I think. So, oh, sure. Like, it's gonna be interesting to see who flashes and who looks completely overwhelmed. Like week one of the preseason, I, I think Iberflus has said that they're planning to play their starters if any of them are available by Saturday. <laughs> so, not really a surprise there that they're gonna <laughs> they're gonna run the first team a bit. I'd be very surprised <laughs> if, if any of them are available. <laughs> I'd be very surprised if Andy Reid starts any players of significance for the Chiefs. So, this might just end up being just a really really ugly game where there's just a lot of run plays and a lot of just turnovers on or sorry three and outs or you know just a real real sloppy football game but i'm going to be watching the line closely to see which players are getting the most reps and which players look like they belong out there and you know there's going to be some of these linemen that look completely overwhelmed too there's going to be one or two that just look awful so sure it'll be interesting to see how that plays out because it's been a lot of talk about who's taking reps with what team in camp but at least you know we're going to have some actual live football where players are out there hitting each other. So that's always exciting to watch. Well,
0: you know, and, you know, we were, we were, you know, talking about some of the more crappy storylines that are out there because, yeah, it does seem like uh, the team has kind of just been bitten by the bad luck bug, I guess, uh, you know, to start. But, um, you know, the, the transition from last year to this year, has been one of the biggest in bears history. It's it, I mean not not exaggerating there and uh, we can expect to see more uh, more uphill change. but the one thing I keep uh, in my mind is that this is working towards next year. Mm-hmm. And what I want to see come out of this season, I said it before and I'm going to keep saying it, is that I want to see a core of players to build on. That's what I want to see at the end of the season. And I i think that the team right now has the attitude that is necessary to, to produce that. I think so too. I think
1: that, you know, well... I, subject to this episode, is ideally going to be one of those building blocks. But even if Roquan Smith isn't here, you know that there's a couple players in the secondary that they drafted highly. They've got plenty of young offensive linemen, so hopefully a couple of them emerge, and then obviously the quarterback. I mean, if you can come out of this next year thinking that you got the quarterback right and you've got the guy to build around, even if everything else is horrible, that's... 50% Fifty percent of the battle in the NFL, Absolutely. I think, is, is having the quarterback, and then you can kind of fill in the rest from there. So, you know, I, I I hope, and that goes back to the preseason. If Fields is out there playing, like, don't let him get hit. <laughs> Seriously, <laughs> like, if he if he's taking hits in the preseason, I that's going to be a miserable viewing experience for every Bears fan right. because the worst case scenario this season is if that kid gets injured. At any point, like, I'm sure he'll miss some games. I don't even remember when the last time the Bears had a quarterback play a full 16-game season. But hopefully he gets out there and he's able to play for 13-14 of these games because that's the most important thing. If, if you don't have that right, then you're starting from scratch. And if you do have it right, then you've got the most important piece figured out.
0: Yeah, it hasn't, it hasn't happened many times. Um, that's one of the things that is absolutely brilliant and wonderful about having players like the schmuck in green Bay or, uh, Peyton Manning or Tom Brady or Drew Brees, you know, those guys were starting every single snap, you know,
1: did Mitch ever do it?
0: Uh, I don't think so. No, we always got at least one
1: chase Daniel game in there. Yeah.
0: I, I don't think really most of that was his fault. I think that was more of the coaching staff than him. Uh, but, uh, you know, one one statistic that always sticks in my head was um, Peyton Manning, his rookie season, took every single snap for his team. Yeah. He was the only quarterback in the NFL that did it that year. I mean, none of the veterans did it either. So, that was pretty amazing, you know, and that was a team that won one game. <laughs>
1: oh. <laughs> yeah, he threw like a million interceptions. right? Yeah.
0: So, but, you know, um, you know we see how that worked out, you know, and... Uh, uh, while I'm not uh, trying to compare the quarterbacks, I'm just saying that that would be, it would be very cool to see, uh, you know, see our guy play the majority of the snaps, if not all of them. Um, but you know, even if it's just a majority and, uh, like you said, we, we, the last thing we want to see is, is him on the turf. So, you know, that's uh, the football gods can do us a favor and, and, and keep that from happening, I'm a happy guy.
1: Well, and, and this isn't Matt Nagy. Luke Getze seems like a smart enough guy. If, he, if, if they can't block anybody, he knows that. And if, if he knows that, I don't think he'll expose Fields to risk in the preseason. I think it'll be a lot of running plays. I think it'll be a lot of short passes, and they're just going to try to get out of this game without any injuries. And then, you know one step closer to figuring out who you're going to be playing on the offensive line. And, you know, I, I wouldn't expect at any point in the preseason to really see any legit game plans thrown out there. I think it'll be very vanilla for most of it, but we're at least going to see the starters. So whether or not you agree with that or you disagree with that, Matt Eberflus has said he wants to play his starters, and he's in charge. So. Hopefully nobody gets hurt.
0: <laughs> well, that's it for this week, uh, Bears fans. Uh, you know we're uh, we'll see you on the flip side of the game. Think uh, we got a
1: Roquan contract by next week.
0: <laughs> I'm going to put it at uh, fifty. I'm going to say no by next week. <laughs> Probably no. By hey, next
1: I've week. said yes each of the last two weeks, so maybe if I switch my answer to no, it'll get done.
0: That could be. All right, bear down. Bear down.